If there's one thing I learned about the NBA, there's no friends or loyalty. I've given my heart and soul to the Pistons. And to have this happen with no heads up makes me realize even more that this is just a business. I love you, Detroit. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. I'm going to be eschewing the usual format of today's show. I'll talk about that in a second. Michael Bolton. Let's get to it. To it. Instead of recapping the games from Thursday, which I think is pretty uh, low impact or, or it's not as much as what we need at this point, I'm going to be looking back at the trade deadline. Now, yes, I did a live show, but as I mentioned on that live show, this was instant reactions. I had no basis of projections. I didn't go through and sit with the teams and try and make everything balance out to see where every player fit. Now I've done that. So I'm going to go through 13 teams across the NBA who were impacted by these trades and talk about not only the players arriving, but how it impacts the players who remained on that team and what this means for them going forward, where value potentially lies. So much of this can change because I'm trying to read the minds of multiple coaches and GMs to try and work out what they're going to do. It's me based thinking what's going to happen with these teams, what they should be doing and what they're likely to do and whether those two things intersect or not. So let's talk about these trades. Now, I'm not going to talk about the four-way deal as much because we talked about that a couple of days ago. I'm not, I'm going to talk, you know, I'm going to talk about Iguodala deal. I'm not really going to talk about the Covington Capella deal uh, very much there as well, just because again, we, we devoted a whole you know, 15 minute show to that deal uh, just a couple of days ago. So I'm not going to talk really about the, the Deadman and Len deal either. We've, uh, we've spoken about that quite a bit also. So let's talk about what is actually going on now across the league with these deals and what happened on the uh, on the NBA's trade deadline, which was uh, which was pretty busy. Now, again, I'm not talking about the Hawks. We've spoken about what's happening there with, with Capella and Deadman joining in. We've spoken about all that sort of stuff. So we're going to start off here by talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers who, of course, acquired Andre Drummond. A big a big deal there, of course, getting Drummond in that trade. Um, uh, it was a weird one. Uh, they get Andre Drummond in exchange for the, the Muppet John Henson for Brandon Knight and a 2023 second round pick. Drummond, you would imagine, would come in there and automatically just be the starting center for the Cavs. I don't think anyone argues about that. So he is a guy that I think is going to have a marginal impact because he is an excellent rebounder. And the bloke that's going to play next to him, also an excellent rebounder in Kevin Love. So like Capella and Collins pairing up in Atlanta, it won't be one guy just maintaining his rate and the other guy disappearing completely. I think both guys will take a hit. In general, the power forward player will take a bigger hit than the center. In this case, it's Love versus Drummond. But both guys lose a little bit of their rebounding. In terms of usage, I think Drummond can stay relatively similar. And I think he can be around that still mid-second round type of a player. So I don't think too much changes for him. 
I don't think there's a massive change here in Kevin Love either. I think they'd love to see what Love and Drummond do together, the Cavs would. Uh, I don't, yeah, you know, I think that shutdowns are completely overblown. The Cavs suck anyway. They're obviously going in on trying to do something positive, and they're not just going to say, let's bring in Drummond because we think he's good and now have Kevin Love just not play anymore. If they did that, they'd do it with Drummond, and I really don't think that's going to endear him to uh, in their free agency plans. So I don't really see much actually negative happening here with Love. The team might be more competitive, which actually gets Love to play more minutes, so that actually might end up being a positive for Kevin Love. Of course, the negatives there are Larry Nance and Tristan Thompson. Thompson, I don't even think is going to be a top 200 guy from here on out. I've been talking about him as a drop for ages, how he wasn't going to be a standard league playoffs guy. I think we're all pretty clear on that. He is the backup center, and this absolutely kills Larry Nance as well, unfortunately. Now, they should have been going and, and seeing what they could do with Nance, but as I said on the live show, Larry Nance is older than Andre Drummond. So we're not talking about, hey, why are they going with Drummond? We know who he is. We've got to see what Nance can do. Um, yeah, look, we he, Drummond's younger. Like Nance is an older player. And while if he was getting 27 minutes a night, the value's there. But I, I think that his numbers are going to drop pretty considerably. I think that he and everyone else, Sexton, Colin Porter, Darius Garland, Chetty Osman, they're all going to lose rebounds. All of them are going to lose plenty of rebounds with Drummond coming in and Nance as well. And that puts him way down the list, in my opinion. And I think that he, he, while he's not as much of a drop as what Tristan Thompson is, he still looks to me to be a pretty clear 10-team league drop and probably 12-team league drop. And I've got him projected outside the top 150 for the rest of the season. Just those opportunities, unless Love gets hurt and then Nance starts, which is always a possibility. But are you going to hold on waiting for that to happen? And as the details that I've outlined there before of what I think I don't think that they're going to say, well, we've got Drummond in, so now uh, Love can sit out the rest of the season. Brandon Knight wasn't a rotation player, while Henson's minutes just get transferred onto Tristan Thompson here, so no one else really is going to benefit in that situation. There's a new podcast I'd like to talk to you about. Imagine for a moment, it's the year 2010. You leave your high-paying job at a blue-chip software company. Come home and do the same thing you've done now for weeks. You go to the medicine cabinet. You grab five painkillers from your cancer-stricken wife's never-ending supply, crush them up into a fine powder, and wash it down with a tumbler of vodka. It didn't used to be this way, and it's about to get much, much worse. This is the story of Robert B., and he tells it on the powerful new podcast, Keep Coming Back, Real Stories of Sobriety and Recovery. Each week, host Mike S. interviews and unravels stories of people who fall down and have managed to get back up again. The broker who blacked out and woke up in another state, not knowing how he got there. The college senior who tried controlling his drinking only to wake up in a jail cell. Everyone loves a comeback story. So subscribe and listen to Keep Coming Back, Real Stories of Sobriety and Recovery. A link to the podcast can be found on the Locked On Offers page. All right, so let's now look at the next team up on our list. Um... Again, we've got 13 teams we're going to go through here. We look now at the Denver Nuggets, who we talked about in the four-team deal the other day, so that's not what we, we were going, but they did make another deal today where they sent out Shabazz Napier, who they acquired from the Minnesota Timberwolves, and they get back Jordan McRae. Now, McRae had been putting up okay numbers, 181st-ranked player over the course of the season in 23 minutes. He was like a fringe 12-team league guy. He is no longer that anymore. He moves into the Malik Beasley role, which was like 16 minutes a night and not even playing every night. Their rotation is likely going to to be when everyone's healthy, of course. Murray, Harris, Barton, Millsap, Jokic, uh, Grant, Porter, Monty Morris, Mason Plumley, Jer- uh, Jeremy Grant. Like there is, there's ten guys there, and and Tory Craig's probably ahead of Jordy McRae as well. Now there are going to be nights where he can come in when Harris doesn't have it going, and and Jordy can be a bit of a microwave scorer. But for fantasy, it's just not going to be a regular enough rotation role unless some of these other guys get hurt. 
and I think him being not a top 200 guy for the rest of the season is uh, is absolutely a possibility. They also acquired Noah Von Lake, Hater Bates, Diop in that trade the other day, but they're not going to be guys, I don't believe, that uh, play majority of the night. All right, let's uh, let's go on. Again, it's only a small deal, not a huge amount to talk about there. With McRae coming in, Napier wasn't going to be a huge part of what they did either. Let's look at the Detroit Pistons, who, of course, lose the aforementioned Andre Drummond. They bring in uh, Brandon Knight. They bring in the Muppet John Henson. There's impact right across here because they didn't trade Derek Rose. They didn't trade Reggie Jackson, who there's apparently some talk of a buy out there with him. Rose is injured. He's not participating in the skills challenge at All-Star Weekend because he's hurt. Who who could possibly be shocked that Rose saw his minutes jump to 30-plus and he got hurt? Absolutely nobody. Um, it hurts the shark, Bruce Brown. Baby shark, because with Luke Kennard staying put, with Derek Rose staying put, with Reggie Jackson staying put, with Sphere McKayluke still there, there's just not enough minutes for Brown to have any 12-team value. So his stash ability is uh, absolutely in the toilet. So he can go in most leagues outside of the very, very deep ones. Of course, the big story is the crucifix Christian Wood. Now, I don't know whether Wood's going to start. I get the feeling that it'll be Thon McCare or John Henson that starts. But I also feel pretty good that Wood will get the majority of minutes most nights. He's played 30-plus in each of the last two games with Markeith Morris out, no doubt about that. But Wood has played well. He can put up good numbers. To me, he's an absolute lock as a top 100 player. He's a must-roster guy in every single league, uh, and he has been for a few weeks now. Could he push into the top 50? If they play him 32 a night, yes, he absolutely will. He is an absolute 100% guaranteed top 100 guy unless Casey does something stupid. But you know what? Dwayne Casey, he often does things stupidly, so there is uh, concerns there with him. Uh, I think the Luke, uh, the Luke, the Luke Duck Canard, the Duck Luke Canard um, didn't get traded. There's no Blake Griffin, but with Rose and Jackson not moving on, it does put a little bit of a dampener on Canard. I think he can still be a 12-team league guy, but those other two usage hogs are going to be an issue. He really thrived when Griffin was out, and he was really running things for the Pistons. With Rose and Jackson, he's not going to have that much of an opportunity, so that does hurt him somewhat. As for Henson, I think he's look, he's available in nearly every league. I, I'd add him in every 16-team league. I'd add him in most. 14 team leagues. I think he's a 20 minute a night guy. And in that sort of minutes, eight and six, one and a half blocks, like that can be useful. Now he's a terrible free throw shooter. He's a terrible on court defender, but he's a good rim protector. And you know, we could see Casey do something stupid and play him 29 minutes. I really, really doubt that, but it is possible. He could also be out of the rotation and McCare and Wood play all of the center minutes. Markeith Morris also wasn't moved. So a lot of people asking me, oh, with Drummond gone, does this mean that Siku Dumbaya is a must add? Like, no. Like, not even close to it. Dumbaya was a nice add when he had those first couple of games playing 30 minutes and then everything dropped way off. And now Morris is still there. They still do have Wood who can play both positions. There's McCare, there's Henson. Yeah, Drummond moved, but it didn't. doesn't mean they play different positions. Remember, it doesn't mean now all of a sudden that Siku's going to be getting 35 a night and his usage is going to go through the roof. To me, he is only a very, very deep league guy and not someone that we're looking to add in 12-teamers. The next team is the Golden State Warriors and so much going on with this team. Talked about it on the live show, how they were going to have to try and fill out their roster because they didn't have uh, anyone there on that roster and they needed players and they did that. They uh, added Juan Toscano Anderson to a rest of year deal. He's a 27-year-old wing. They signed Zach Norvell Jr. to a 10-day deal. They converted Kai Bowman, the lubricant, to a full-time two-way, so a multi-year contract and they're going to convert Marquise Chris. Now, in terms of their rotation, I don't know what they're going to do. There is a lot up in the air, but let's talk about what that actual trade was. Andy Wiggins, he comes to Golden State. 
That's obviously uh, uh, an interesting trade. So they get Wiggins, a 2021 top three protected first round pick and a 2021 second round pick. And that uh, top three protected first becomes unprotected in 2022. They send out D'Angelo Russell, Jacob Evans, and Omari Spellman. They've already sent out um, Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson for a trio of uh, third round picks to the uh, third round, second round picks to the Sixers, a 2020 second, a 2021 second, and a 2022 second. So those guys were all gone. So the rotation is really, really interesting now. Who is the starting lineup? Well, let's pencil Wiggins in. We know he's going to start. Draymond's going to start. Marquise Chris is going to start. And I would assume Damian Lee starts. Who gets that other spot? Do they put Wiggins as the point guard or Draymond as the point guard? If they do that, that opens up for the triangle Eric Pascal to start, or they put the lubricant Kai Bowman there as a starter. I think they'll probably go with Pascal. They could go with Jordan Poole as well, and I think we'll see Wiggins and Draymond handling the ball a lot. Does that mean that Bowman is a must-roster player? I wouldn't have him at that level. I would have him as a nice 14-team league guy, and if you miss out on some other players, by all means. Same with Pascal. If he's a a 35-minute-a-night guy, he probably is a must-roster player. But remember, D'Angelo Russell goes, Wiggins comes in. They just take each other's minutes and shots. Yes, Burks and Robinson are gone, and that gives that extra minutes there to Lee, but Bowman's going to come in and take all of Burks' minutes pretty much. So it means Robinson's minutes are still there. Jordan Poole gets a boost. Does Toscano Anderson play? Does Norvell play any? Uh, there are a lot of other parts there. So it's not like Pascal's coming in and going to play 35 a night and be a must-roster guy. To me, he is prioritized underneath someone like Lee and even Bowman. Marquise Chris, I think he's locked in because uh, the Wizard Omari Spellman has gone as well. But I can really see if... If Kevon Looney gets healthy, he will be the starting center at some point. I don't know if he ever will. He is the better player than Marquise Chris. I'd love to see him getting those opportunities. He's a deeper league watch list guy. Looney, for now, I'm adding Chris, but that could turn sour really quickly. I think that on this team, out of guys who are available, Chris and Lee are the guys we look to add in 12-team leagues. Uh, Bowman and, and Pascal are on the periphery there. You could decide to add them if you want. They're not as must roster. And Looney and Poole are more watch list, list type of guys. As for Wiggins, his usage is going to increase. He's not playing next to Carl uh, Anthony Towns anymore, but that's probably going to decrease his efficiency. I can also see his assist numbers jumping up here as well. Again, the, the point guards on this team are, are not good. I think that's probably a fair way of categorizing this. For the Golden State Warriors, let's move on. The next team we're going to take a look at, the Houston Rockets. We talked about what happened with most of that stuff, but they also moved on from Jordan Bell, the guy that so many of you wanted to be the Rockets' starting center, and many people told me he's just going to come in and take Clint Capella's minutes. It was never going to happen. It's obviously still not going to happen because he's gone, and they traded him for Bruno Caboclo. Now, this is really interesting because Caboclo can be an interesting center. He's also out for about the next three to four weeks after knee surgery. I don't think he's coming in and playing 30 minutes a night, but I could see him at least forcing into the rotation and taking Thabo Cephalosha's minutes and playing 17 a night. That's not going to be 12-team league valuable, but I can see him doing that much, so, much more so than Jordan Bell. But again, he's injured, so he's not playing. But that's the trade there. Jordan Bell gone uh, out of Houston. Didn't last very long there. Not going to be their starting center. Bruno's not either, again, because he's injured. They are committing to small ball. Hartenstein is not an ad. We talked about that already. Unless they have a material change in plans, which would go against literally everything they've done over the past week, um, which could happen. I would be really, really stunned if that actually did come to pass. Let's go on to the next team now. Um, who is the next team? We are looking at the LA Clippers, who made a big move. Here, I talked about it on my uh, video that I did regarding the NBA title odds, so you can go check that out on the YouTube as well. The LA Clippers added Marcus Morris, a player that 
And look, I understand Morris's utility in terms of being able to guard LeBron. He's also significantly overvalued as a player. Uh, the Clippers gave up a first-round pick in this deal. They also gave up Jerome Robinson, who went to the Wizards. They gave up Mo Harkless, who went to the Knicks, while Isaiah Thomas went from the Wizards to the Clippers, and the Clippers waived him. The amount of time... Look, people... And I know this is not everyone that listens to this podcast, but people really hang on to names. When Isaiah Thomas got mentioned this trade, oh, do we add Thomas? Cut Beverly now, because Thomas will start over him. Isaiah Thomas isn't good anymore. He was waived immediately. He is not good. He is not someone that we need to worry about. And even if he gets signed somewhere else, he is not good. This is three years of him not being good. We can we know that he is not good now. Surely, we all know that. As for Morris, it is a pretty big hit in what he's going to do. He is a guy that was the 81st ranked player this year in 32 minutes a night. A, I don't think he plays 32 minutes a night. And B, I don't think his usage is going to maintain at the same level as it was with the Knicks. Now, he was shooting the lights out, but he's not going to get the opportunity to just you absolutely hijack every possession and just hold on to it and ISO and you think he's mallow in the garden and try and take every shot because there are a couple of blokes there in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and then Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell who are better players than him, offensively at least. I did mention this on the live show and I do think this still holds true. With Morris joining the starting lineup ahead of Mo Harkless, I am... I'm not sure, but I think Ivic Zubats is going to play more minutes than he has, and Montrez Harrell's role is going to be decreased because Zubats makes way more sense with that Beverly, George, Leonard, Morris group than Harrell does to me, especially if you put Lou Williams in that group as well. That is... Williams and Harold together is always rough. I think having Zubats in there as a defender. Now, I don't think that Ivica is going to be any sort of 12-team ad, but he's absolutely going to be a streaming type option. I can see that value going up. While Harold, he's not a drop. He's not far off it, to be honest, especially in an eight-team league. I think he's move honorable from. Uh, 10, it's on the border. And I'd love to see how the first couple of games go. I'm a little bit worried about what happens. As for Marcus, I've got him projected to be marginally inside the top 150, which is a big drop from where he was. Again, like Tristan Thompson, I've been banging it on about it all year. He won't be a, a big factor. He won't be a factor in the fantasy playoffs. Those two things have come to fruition. I think we can look at Morris as a 10 drop and probably in nearly every situation, a 12 drop who's got just such limited upside that I'd rather cycle through and grab someone else there to see what can come of it because I'm pretty sure I know what's going to come of it with him as a member of the Clippers. Let's move on now to the next uh, to the next team, and that is the Memphis Grizzlies. Lots of changes here with this squad. We went through uh, some of it the other day, but they do lose uh, Andre Iguodala. We didn't know the details of this deal. A really, really, really confusing deal from the Grizzlies in general, just to give up the best players in this deal and, and get back someone who's maybe not that good. But they give up Iguodala, Jay Crowder, and Solomon Hill. They also trade away Bruno Caboclo, and they bring in Jordan Bell in that one. Uh, they get back Justice Winslow, Dion Waiters, who they're going to waive. The news came out today that Grayson Allen is out for the season as well. And they also uh, bring back James Johnson, who they sent to the Minnesota Timberwolves in place of Gorgie Jeng. And I don't understand that deal either. Your front court is Brandon Clark, it's Jaron Jackson, it's Jonas Valanciunas. So let's go through a couple of things here. Jen comes in. No, Jonas Valanciunas and Jaron Jackson's value is not hit. No, I don't think there's really any impact here on Brandon Clark. Jen will come in. He'll play 13, 14 minutes, might not even play at all. Uh, Jordan Bell also coming in. Don't think he's going to be a rotation player. He's going to be maybe the fifth big on this team. So not a guy that plays. Winslow, I think he's out for probably all of February would be my guess. Reading through the, the lines of the reporter saying they're not going to rush him back. They don't think it's a long-term thing, but they're in no hurry for him to come back. So I think he is out. Uh, Kyle Anderson will probably be the starter at small forward, but he's not a 30-minute-a-night player, I don't think. So what we're going to see with Crowder going, with Solomon Hill going, 
Bruno going, Iguodala going, not that Iguodala and uh, and Caboclo were really playing. With those guys all going and nobody coming in to replace them, it looks like it could be time for the wave pool D'Anthony Melton. Now, in that game where Crowder was pulled out before the game, Melton played 28 minutes. Allen's out for the season. Waiters is going to be waived. Anderson is not that good. I think 25 is coming for Melton and maybe higher. We'll see Dylan Brooks at the three. We'll see Melton in closing lineups. We'll see some extra minutes there for Tyus Jones as well. I, I like DeAnthony Melton here as an ad. Um, I, I think he can. I think he can nudge into the top 100. To be honest, with his ability to get steals, which is really what fuels his value. If you don't need steals, he, he's not really all that good. But he can score a little bit. He can rebound. The assists are okay. He's got a decent shot blocking profile. The percentages have been okay. I really like what this does for his value. Brandon Clark, to me, is still a 12-team league guy, but but on the back end, I'm not really worried about Jen cutting in. I don't think Josh Jackson's going to have a significantly big role, although with Allen and uh, and Waiters not there, he could just slot in and be a rotation guy, but he is not a fantasy option. Um, yeah, and Bal, Bal and Jeng, I, I don't think are going to be players. Well, Winslow, not someone I'm rushing to pick up. Never been a top 100 player. Dealt, dealing with a sore back, I think he's out for another month at least and not someone that I'm going to add. Uh, so yeah, lots of changes there in Memphis. Some of them confusing, but I do think that losing Crowder and not really replacing him or not replacing him means Melton is going to get a bump in those minutes. And we could see we could see Jackson moving into that role. I would hate that, but we could see Josh Jackson moving into that role. Um, but Melton's the guy there that I'm looking to add in 12-team leagues. Uh, I don't really think you know, no no impact on Jackson, Jaron Jackson or Jonas Valanciunas. I think they're going to be fine. I think Melton is the guy here that, that steps up and hopefully can put together a nice run for us. The Miami Heat. Talked a little bit about their stuff yesterday when we talked about the Andre Iguodala deal. Um, Iguodala is going to be on yeah, limited minutes. He is not going to be a high scorer. He is not, I repeat, not a 12, a 14, or probably even a 16-team league guy. Who else did they get? Because that is important because they did bring in Jay Crowder. They did bring in Solomon Hill. And those guys, are, or not Hill necessarily, but Crowder is, you can consider him a rotation player. Look at what their current rotation is, right? Um, Justice Winslow wasn't in it, so we're going to add two guys in. I think they probably only play 20 minutes a night, maybe less for Crowder. Maybe he doesn't even play. I think we could see a Linux eliminated from the rotation and we get more Bam Adebayo at the five. With Myers Leonard's out at the moment, so Linux filling that role. And I think that's what will happen. Leonard will come back and Linux will go. But it's going to have an impact on Duncan Robinson, Derek Jones, Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero. They're all going to get impacted. And it won't be them losing 20 minutes or 15 minutes, but they'll lose a couple of minutes. Uh, because, again, we, that's uh, unless Jay Crowder doesn't play. But trying to fit it all in, as I've talked about so many times with this Heat team... Look at their rotation. Give me 240 minutes and try and work out where everyone fits in the position. And you can't give 30 minutes to Nunn and 34 minutes to Robinson and then give 27 minutes to Hero. You can't do it. Maybe Is Tyler Hero going to play only 15 minutes so that Nunn can play 30? I'm really doubtful. With Butler there, with Iguodala being able to handle the ball, uh, with Hero being able to handle it in a pinch, I think Nunn's minutes are going to come down. I think Robinson's going to go from 33-34 down to 29 to 30 minutes, losing three or four there. So Crowder and Iguodala can come in. Hero is going to go down to 20, 21 minutes. Around that mark would be my guess. All these guys are going to lose little bits off the top and it's going to impact their value. And I think that from here on out, we get two top 100 players on this team and that's Butler and Adebayo making Dragic, Robinson, Nunn, Jones, Hero, not 12-team league guys and definitely not Iguodala. 
That's how I say that. And you could have de- very different views, and I could be very wrong about that, but I've been trying to work it out. Hey, how do I keep yeah, Robinson at 33 minutes, and how does none get to 30? And I just don't see how it happens, unless Iguodala doesn't play, or Crowder doesn't play, or both Leonard and Olinick don't play. I don't see them doing that, but they're the only ways it's got to happen. And I just don't really think that that's what's going to go down with this Miami Heat team. Next up, let's look at the Minnesota Timberwolves, who changed their entire team, pretty much. We talked about all the Covington stuff already, but let's talk about what happened today because D'Angelo Russell, we talked about him arriving, Omari Spellman and Jacob Evans, they arrived, they traded off um, a Gorgie Jeng to get James Johnson in there and there's impacts right across the board here. Yesterday or the day before when we were talking, I thought we'd get Beasley, Culver and Wiggins. Now Russell comes in and he takes the Wiggins role and minutes. So that just switches the positions up. So Culver now goes from maybe being a point guard to being a small forward. Less ball handling, less assists. He's shit anyway. He can't shoot. I don't think that Jarrett Culver is a must-roster 12-team league guy. This is a bloke in 25 minutes a game. He's the 267th ranked player. And if you don't know, that's not good. Is it going to improve? Maybe. I like a Kogi more than him. I think a Kogi could be a 12-team league guy. I still think they'll go Russell Beasley Culver. It does have a bit of an impact on Beasley because he's more of a usage guy than what, say, Culver would have been if he was there. And Russell, I think, gets a few more touches. I think it actually helps D'Angelo. I think he gets more assists playing alongside Kyle Anthony Towns in that pick-and-roll game and pick-and-pop game. I think it helps Russell in that regard, although his usage might come down a bit. That should be offset by his assist numbers rising. I think he I think he loses a little bit there. I think Beasley's still the pick of the bunch between him, Akogi, and Culver. And at power forward, I don't know. Juancho Hernan Gomez would be what I would do, and it's what I think they should do, but I could see the Wizard Omari Spellman cut in. I could see James Johnson cut in. I don't think we want any of them in 12-team leagues. I think they are all 14 and above, and probably more just 16-team leagues. Spellman is much better as a center, and he's going to fill that backup center role behind Towns, which is, what, 13 minutes a night, and then maybe he gets five or six at power forward, while Johnson gets some of those minutes and Hernan Gomez gets some of those minutes. Maybe Johnson doesn't play at all. That's a distinct possibility. And we've still got Jake Lehman to come back and fit into the rotation. I don't know where that's going to be, but we've still got him to come back. Jordan McLaughlin, who'd been playing well, he loses all value with D'Angelo Russell around because they'll play Russell and they'll play Culver as the backup and maybe some Akogi lineups there, but that impacts what McLaughlin can do. Well, Jacob Evans was being groomed into a point guard. Not well, but he was being groomed into a point guard, so maybe he takes some of those minutes too. Uh, The acquired Jared Vanderbilt, Evan Turner, don't think they're really going to have any sort of impact on this squad. So some interesting changes there. Malik Beasley's probably the add, but I think the, the addition of Russell hurts him more than, say, if Wiggins was there personally. Um, let's look at the next one. It is the New York Knicks. We got an indication of how stupid this team is. Uh, good good deal to get a first uh, out of uh, Marcus Morris, and I don't know what they're going to do with Mo Harkless. They might start him. They might buy him out. We just don't know at this point. But in their first game without Marcus Morris, Kevin Knox barely played. Frank Nilakina started and played 13 minutes. Mitchell Robinson was under 20 minutes again. And then after the game, Mike Miller, who's getting real high on my shit list, by the way, uh, after the game, oh, yeah, we're going to get Knox some more minutes. Well, you had an opportunity to do that today, and you didn't. So what's your excuse? Fingers out of assholes. I don't understand what is going on with this franchise. 27 minutes of Taj Gibson. Do they not understand that you don't need to showcase someone for a buyout? You just cut his ass and you say, thanks for your time, Taj. I love your beard. Like, what's the rest of this for? What is actually going on with this team? Wayne Ellington, what are they showcasing him for? Doesn't play at all. Trade deadline passes. Here's Wayne Ellington. What are they trying to do? I know they, I know they were, you know, played well against the Magic. Who gives a shit? 
Mitchell Robinson, he, he's, he's untouchable in trades. He's also untouchable by us as we leave him on the bench to rot in a tracksuit. Absolute foolish nonsense from this shit. Now, Julius Randle is going to get more touches on this team. Alfred Payton was excellent today. He is not going anywhere. He's a must-roster player. We know that. RJ Barrett is going to get more touches, but in a points league, fantastic. Love it. Yet boost in value. In a category league, RJ Barrett getting more usage is worse because it means he takes more shots. It means he gets to the line more, and therefore, he's able to piss and shit on your percentages both at the same time. The more volume he has in both of those bad categories is worse for his value. And that's the concern with him. Came, played today, came off the bench. Kevin Knox, one of the worst players in the NBA. Again, they claim he's going to play more minutes. He would need to play 120 minutes a night for me to really consider him as a 12-team league ad. Suffice to say, he's not going to do that. His team remains an absolute just... Oh, I, get, I, can, I cannot understand anything they do. Nothing. They do a good move and you go, hey, Knicks, that's it. you got a first-round pick. Well done. And they do this bullshit and they get Bobby Portis and Reggie Bullock and Wayne Ellington and Dennis Smith and they trade nobody else. And they got a young guy like Kenny Wooden. No, I better play him in the G League. They don't play Iggy Brisdakis. They don't play Alonzo Trier. Nothing makes sense with this squad. Trier's not that good, but they don't play him. And that's enough of me ranting about the Knicks. I'm still holding Robinson. I'm not adding Knox. Barrett, beware those percentages. Mo Harkless, a triple one guy. Will he even play? I don't know. He's probably not a 12-team league ad when all is said and done because I'm just not sure he's going to push to 30 minutes. I think they might actually just limit him significantly, which is probably going to be the right move for them. As my blood pressure comes back down, let's go on to the next team, and that is the Orlando Magic. Not a huge amount of stuff happening here, but James Ennis does arrive. And with Johnny Isaac likely uh, out for the year, Al Farouk Aminu definitely out for the year, um, Ennis has got a real spot there. Where's the Wundu? Ken Birch, they've been filling in for Isaac. They're going to miss out. Ennis is going to come in, play 24, 25 minutes. Carter Williams is going to get some of that, who's playing pretty well at the moment. So it's an impact. It's a negative impact on Wundu and Birch. Ennis, we're not looking at him as a 12-team league ad. He's more of a 16 to 18-team leaguer, but he can be a three-point streamer. And he's a name to watch, but they'll just go with Augustin. They'll go with Ross. They'll go with Carter Williams to fill in some of that hole from Isaac. And then Ennis will get those Wundu minutes most likely because he is a superior player to what Wundu is. Everything else stays relatively the same for the Orlando Magic. The next one is those Philadelphia 76ers. Um, Burks and Robinson, they come to the team. They lose Ennis. I think that Burks and Robinson are clear drops in 12-team leagues to me. At least short-term, while Richardson's out, maybe you could keep Burks in there, but they've got Shake Milton, Ferky from Turkey, the painter Matisse Thibault. They're all going to be sort of all over each other, and it's just not going to be enough playing time for any of them to be 12-team leaguers. I don't think Josh Richardson really takes too much of a hit. I think Richo's actually an eight-team drop anyway, and probably a 10-team drop irrespective of these deals. I don't think these guys are coming in and forcing Richardson into a 27-minute night role. They're just not that good. They've had good seasons, career-best years on a shitful team. Can they translate any of that over to a good team? Team, that remains to be seen, but I think it's real disastrous for Milton, for Neto, and for Korkmaz is long-term viability in this rotation. I just don't think they're able to stick in the rotation after these moves. But Burks and Robinson, who are giving you some nice 12-team league value, pretty sure you can kiss that's ass goodbye. 
And let's move on now to the last team that I'm going to be talking about. Again, we talked about the Kings the other day. It is the Washington Wizards who ended up getting Shabazz Napier uh, in exchange for Isaiah Thomas and uh, Jordy McRae was out of there as well. They also brought in Jerome Robinson, who's absolutely not good. Now, the question is, who is the starting point guard? Is it Ish Smith? Is it Shabazz Napier? I don't ha- hate adding either of them. If Shabazz gets 30, he's a clear 12-team league guy. If Ish Smith gets, gets 30, he's a clear 12-team league guy. Napier is the better player, in my opinion. Uh, whether they give him those minutes or not remains to be seen. But Napier, Smith, and Brown are all fringe 12-team league guys. So I'd prioritize them behind Beasley, behind Lee. They're in that same area as, say, Eric Paschal. That's the sort of ad level those guys are at. But if we hear that Napier's starting, I'd probably put Napier ahead of those guys because if he does start, the minutes will be fine. But even then, Thomas was starting playing 22 minutes and Smith played like 25, 26. So it's hard to get a full judge on that. Uh, Bertan's obviously not traded. Um, Davis Bertan's obviously not traded. The, the value there is this going to be what happens to that point guard spot, or it could end up being they just both those guys, Smith and Napier, all end up being 14 team league guys, as do Troy Brown. In fact, I think they're all must add 14 team league players, but you know, 10's, uh, 10's probably not, 12, it is a bit of a flyer, but Napier has at least a level of upside there uh, with those guys. Uh, in that spot. As for Jerome Robinson, I don't really see him being a part of the rotation. Maybe he can take Gary Payton's minutes. Even if he does, he probably isn't going to do anything with him because we've yet to see any level of competency at the NBA level for Jerome Robinson. I'm just going to have a quick look to make sure I didn't miss any of these trades when I was talking here because I think I got everyone here. Yes, got that one. Yes, I think that's everything done in terms of the deals. Uh, I didn't talk about Derek Walton going to the Hawks. Skull Labissier also went to the Hawks. Nothing to really talk about though with those guys. Labissier is injured and even when he comes back, there's Deadman and Kampala and Collins uh, all ahead of him. So he's not going to make an impact there in Atlanta. And Walton, maybe he gets some of Brandon Goodwin's minutes who showed some flashes, Brandon Walton, uh, with the Clippers, but not going to be really any sort of an impact player. That will do it for me today, guys. Please leave a comment down below. Let me know what you disagree with, with my thoughts on the rotations or who you think is going to have value. I I love to hear all that sort of stuff because, hey, I can always be wrong. And trying to judge all of this shit happening in one day and work out how every coach is going to respond. Like I thought Mike Miller might have a change of heart or the new Leon Rose might say, hey, stop playing these old farts. We don't need them. But no, of course, that didn't happen. It might happen in future days. It's hard to get all this stuff right because we're dealing with humans who are imperfect and make uh, thoroughly abnormally wrong decisions all the time, like the New York Knicks. Shout out to them for constantly giving me fodder, especially now that Tom Thibodeau's out of the league. Subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube. Give it a follow, give it a like, give it a share, all that sort of good stuff. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. Andre Drummond.